Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. Well, my name is Akun Wong, and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me, as always, is Senior Staff Writer, also Moonlighting and Fantasy Pros and Pro Football Focus, and big-time Bruins fan, it's Ryan Whitfield. Hey, Ryan, we made it down onto the air. I didn't think we were going to make it, but we made it. Yeah, I'm not quite sure how we did it, but uh, I definitely don't <laughs> want to talk about the Bruins, so how dare you? <laughs> okay. I was just, I was, you know, I had that teed up with my first question, but to, I'll spare you and I'll spare everyone your rant. I'll just say, go ahead and follow uh, Ryan on Twitter and you can even check out how he feels about uh, the Bruins and all. I'm sure that uh, he won't hold back on that. Hey, 2-2, that's not bad. It just uh, makes it for an exciting series for the rest of us. It'll be even better when you win it all. How about that? Oh, he's got to knock on wood now, buddy. I don't appreciate that. <laughs> Putting the headphones. But hey, on. so look, come, coming from a guy who you know saw the Cubs down and come back and win it all. Like I said, when the Bruins take it, this will be a much better story for Disney. So until we get there, let's talk about some football because we've been off the air for a little bit. It's been really, really busy, and uh, we've managed to find some time to do this terrific draft on Twitter for best ball for a bunch of guys from other podcasts and other sites. Um, you know, uh, there's Jeff Carrier from NFL Talking Heads, Matt Hicks from Fantasy Fanalists. We had Wally Akinzo from the Urban Sports Scene. We had Dan Theory oh. from Deerfield Fantasy. And uh, we obviously got all of us. Did I miss anybody? I think I hit it. I think I hit all the top, top. I mean, all the people from our site were on there. There's 10 of us. Great, great stuff. The article's live on our site, footballgarbageshine.com. Go check it out and check out how our address. But for all of you guys who want to see it live, um, here we are with uh, another live draft, which I'm not, which I, which I failed to, I failed to actually pick. I think in my last pick. Look at that, I ended up with Sammy Watkins. That really kind of sucks. Um, so anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so we're doing a live draft tonight, guys. If you didn't notice, we're doing a live draft at Ball Fantasy Football Ten Team Live Draft, and we're also going to talk about our li- our best ball strategy and all the other fun stuff. So let's go ahead and get that going and see if we can handle two things at one time. Boom. All right. So we're going to talk about our general best ball strategy. We're going to talk about some of our late round targets. We're going to talk about some of our busts. Let's get this kicked off. Ryan, give us your general best ball fantasy football strategy for this year. And you took a little bit of a controversial approach to the last uh, draft. So I'd be curious to know if you're doing that consistently throughout the season. Well, I'll give you a couple of bit, tidbits to know here. So one, in best ball, uh, I think really kind of two philosophies uh, in terms of how to how to draft positionally. Um, you either you either typically go two tight end and two quarterbacks, you go three tight end and three quarterbacks. I hate the idea of being thin at a position and having two people in a best ball where you can't pick anybody up. Hunter Henry is a classic example. I did a lot of May and June uh, best ball drafts last year. If I had taken mm-hmm. Hunter Henry in a league where he was one of two tight ends, well, now if anything happens to the other guy, if the other guy uh, on his bye week, I'm basically taking zero points at a position. So I just look at it and say, you know, positionally, I want to, I want to be well-rounded. Um, so that that's, that's my overall first thought. And then second of all, no, I don't do every draft the same. So the draft we went into, 
Um, I, I've done quite a few mock drafts this year already and quite a few best ball drafts. And yep. I had yet to be able to get a piece of DeAndre Hopkins. So I had the number one overall pick. I said, I'm going zero running back. I'm going to take the best wide receiver in football. So that's why I did that. And, you know, while it was controversial, I did, I did end up on the turn then picking Mike Evans, Antonio Brown. So a nice one, two, three punch of DeAndre Hopkins, Antonio Brown, and Mike Evans. As down as I am on Antonio Brown right now in that situation, as your mm-hmm. number three wide receiver in a best ball league, it's definitely Pretty worth the paying price. So, yep. you know, what, you, what I try to do is, you know, at the running back and wide receiver position, you know, I'm trying to take um, a good mix of some floor guys, like a couple floor guys, like very few, but a couple in there. And then the rest I'm trying to hit home runs with. And there's hope on a week-to-week basis I get enough guys to go off. And I was I had a pretty successful season last year in best ball. I think I yep. uh, placed in the money in about – I think it was in like 24 of them. And I think I placed no, the money in, in at least double digits. So it uh, worked out well for me last year. So if it ain't broke, don't yep. fix it. Of course, he didn't tell you guys that he, that was out of a thousand entries, but that's okay. That's no, cool. that, 24 is not bad. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm just giving you a hard time. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, I agree. And I actually took a little bit of a different approach, but I took what I think to be a little bit more of a traditional approach. And I did the same thing last year. You know, I, I like to go, a little bit of stars and scrubs on this because I, I think that you, you don't have to worry about consistency that much um, in best ball since you're not really setting a lineup. And this year, I really tried to spend up at running back and tight end because I think there is a big drop off at tight end after you get past the top three in terms of Kelchi and Ertz and Kittle. And of course, I didn't do that in our, in our mock draft, which we're doing right now, our actual draft that we're doing right now. And well, I'll run through what we picked so far, and, and you're going to laugh at some of them because I missed a couple picks as I was trying to get us on air. But, um, you know, so I tried to spend up at running back and tight end. I spent down at wide receiver, but I like to take a lot of wide receivers because uh, I like a lot of upside wide receivers because I only need to get – they only need to produce, you know, six, seven times out of the year, and that's good enough for me. And then quarterback, I wait forever. I, I literally think there are so many good quarterbacks out there for best ball, and you only need them to be good half a season's worth of time that you can really take your time on quarterback uh, on, and in that respect. So, yeah, you know, I mean, there's, there's a couple different ways to get there, and, you know, and I think that all of them can be successful and, uh, you know, get into 25 different lineups like Ryan did, and uh, I'm sure you'll find something you like. All right, so that's our general strategy. That's the way we've been approaching it. So, Ryan, you want to hit some late-round targets, guys, that you like to get late in, in best ball drafts? Sorry, just Actually, before you do that, let me let me give everybody uh, let me give everybody. How the hell did I Andrew Andrew Luck? I clearly missed another pick somewhere along the way. <laughs> Gosh darn it! Uh, okay, so my 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 roster is looking like the roster from hell right now. I got I got Andrew Luck, I got Ezekiel Elliott, I got Dalvin Cook, Juju Smith Schuster, Sammy Watkins, who I would never ever intentionally pick by the way, and then Evan Engram at tight end and Josh Jacobs, who obviously uh, I auto-picked as well. So that is not how I intended to start this draft at all, uh, and this is going really freaking fast. So let me uh, let me just recap here what we got here for Ryan. Uh, Ryan, let's see here. You. I got it up if you want me just to run through it. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, give us give us your team. All right, so I'll go in order of pick selection. Uh, Alvin Kamara, Mike Evans, Todd Gurley, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Robert Woods, DJ Moore, Jesus, uh, and Tyler Boyd. So looking <laughs> at mine, yep. the way I look at it is I, I, I – well, let's start off with the Todd Gurley. I'm, I'm big on the Todd Gurley regression train. 
um, yes, and being a too. bust this year. And yep. I know a lot of people think that people overreacted to the injury. I've been working on this unique uh, data sample uh, or, or mm-hmm. data set. Um, do you know that over the last five years, there are obviously, if you take top five rushers, and not including last year because we haven't seen the following year yet, but the five previous years to last year, um, that the guys who finished top five in rush attempts the next season, on average, those guys finished 22 and a half spots worse in fantasy than the year that they were the top five rusher. And of those guys, 23 of them got worse the year after uh, that they were top five in rushes. Interesting. The last, the last two that improved the following season were uh, I'm gonna, oh, it was Eddie Lacy and Marshawn Lynch. And that was from the 2013 season. They were top five in rushes and they actually performed better in fantasy in 2014. So the point is, Heavy workloads really hurt. On average, they miss four more games uh, than they did the previous year. Their yards per carry goes down by almost a third uh, of a yard, and their fantasy drops on average again 22, uh, I think it was like .34 spots, um, okay. which means typically they finish top five when they're top five in rush attempts, and on average they're falling. And that's just for running back. That's not that's not overall. That's from the running back standpoint. So they go right. from like an RB top five to an RB 20 or higher typically. Um so one of the guys in so in 2016, no sorry 2017, Gurley was top five in rushes. Uh, you're up by the way, so I'm gonna miss a pick again. Tom yeah, Gurley was top, I see, I see was top five. Here. Was top five in rush attempts, finished number one overall in fantasy, and then fell the next year fell to number three, which was last year, and still was top five again in rush carries. So that tells me. And he's the only guy, I think, since Marshawn Lynch, if I remember correctly, that I've seen. Yeah, you're up too, by the way. Yeah, I'm doing it. Okay. And he's the only guy, <laughs> I think, outside of Marshawn Lynch in 2013 and 2014 that I've seen go back-to-back years, top five in carries. So, huh. a ton of workload, now a questionable knee injury, and we won't even see him till the regular season, And it sounds like. That's a lot to gamble on, and I'm just not willing to do it. So, mm-hmm. or however, though, but you took my him. point is, <laughs> right. Because there's, I mean, there's a caveat to this. He could be a top, yep. He, I mean, if he's healthy, he's probably the best running back in football or best fantasy running back in football, right? right? So I've been saying all along, if you can get him the second half of the of the second round, like the back half of the second round, sure, take a flyer on him. I had the turn, I had the ninth, uh, the ninth or whatever, the 19th overall pick and the 22nd overall pick. Right. The kid, the kid uh, between me, I forget who he picked. Oh, it was Ertz. Uh, Ertz was one of them, which I'm fine with. But then he took right. T.Y. Hilton. You took T.Y. Hilton in a best ball league ahead of Todd Gurley. Again, yeah. I'm I'm a big proponent of I'm not touching him in redraft leagues for the most part. Right. But in best ball, there's no reason you can handcuff it later. So there's yep. no reason to not take him there. And I agree with you on quarterbacks. But Pat Mahomes, who's been so overdrafted this year, to fall all the way to the back half of the fourth round for me, it was worth was worth the pick there, and I didn't like any of the other receivers. And I like you agree that there's a ton of guys that you can go get. And we mentioned my guys before my last picks. That took right. Joku at tight end and Dante Pettis now at wide receivers. So now I have Evans, Woods, D, uh, DJ Moore, Tyler Boyd, and Dante Pettis at wide receiver. I like that mix of guys. I got a solid QB one, um, and I got two you know potential high end running backs. So the one thing I did right. find interesting. 
was Barkley was taking number one overall, but then me and you both had a chance at Christian McCaffrey. I know I passed on him. Why'd you pass on him? <laughs> I passed on him too, right? And, and I, I guess had a little bit of a question about, you know, workload and, and involvement in that offense. And I think he's going to be great, but I just wanted – I'd like to Ezekiel Elliott better. I mean, that was just kind of my bottom line on that. It wasn't a situation I think we believe- where I was- – I was gonna say I, I don't know if you thought of it this way, but like I and it worked out that way. I think we both took the better offenses too. Running back is, yeah, is a like, huge proponent true. of how good the offense is, and we both went with the offenses that are more of a sure thing. We know those yep. two are gonna score points. Carolina, it's, it seems to be Jekyll and Hyde year to year. Yep, I agree. And it was one of those things where I, I just don't like to take chances early on in the draft, so I try to get as secure as possible. So the late last two picks that uh, that I just made, and we're coming up on our tenth pick uh, in a minute. But uh, in the eighth and ninth round, I took McCole Hardman, and that's a little earlier than I would have normally taken him, but I was trying to secure the auto draft of Sammy Watkins, so I stacked the two. That's basically why I did that. Otherwise, I feel like I would have let him go for another round or two, but I felt like I needed to stack. Then I got Christian Kirk in ninth, and I actually love Christian Kirk this, this year. I have There's a lot of question marks there. I don't know with the new quarterback situation there. Uh, he can be exciting. I mean, he's a, he's obviously a really – he's going into the sophomore year, and he had a really great year last year uh, for a rookie, and we'll see what happens this year with, uh, with Kyler Murray, Murray there. But, um, hey, you know, the sky's the limit, so I love the upside, and uh, getting him in the ninth round feels pretty good, particularly because I already wasted a pick on Sammy Watkins early, which is just going to haunt me for the rest of the season. I know it. He's going to freaking get injured in the first week, and I'm going to have a big red X on my, on my, uh, on my lineup. And look at that. You, and I got my my pick. Someone took Kareem Hunt in the tenth round. That's crazy. I was just gonna sorry, say, I think I think um, the kids in the draft haven't done their their research again. T. Y. Hilton at the, at the at the end or the beginning of the third round in a best ball draft, way too high on him. And then yep. we just saw Tyreek Hill go in the tenth round. We just did our best ball draft a couple weeks ago with everyone. Um, yeah. I'm not drafting him. I'm not touching him. <laughs> I mean, Jesus, if we're gonna if we're gonna let Marvin Jones sit there that long, I'll take him. Um, yeah. But I took uh, I took Tyreek in the 14th, and I took in a similar position to what you just did, McCall Hardman in the 10th. So I had that handcuff between those right. two, who I like way better yep. than Sammy Watkins there. But like I said, <laughs> we're in a draft right now where where we just saw uh, T. Y. Hilton go ahead of Todd Gurley, and then we saw T- uh, Tyreek Hill taken in the 10th round. Yeesh. Yeah. This is crazy. This is this is crazy. This is cuckoo crazy pants going on right now in this draft. So I don't know who's who's drafting here. Of course, I didn't help things by by taking Sammy Watkins in the fifth round or whatever the hell I just did. That's terrible. Oh my god. All right. I, I'm obviously not paying attention because now I have 23 seconds to make a pick and I have no idea what I'm doing here. How many how many picks are we making in this? I probably should know that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's 18. And I'm on the uh, 11th pick here, and I'm going to do something. This is just... so this is so hard to do while we're we're on while we're on. It this really is. It really is. That enough. Because because <laughs> I just took yeah. You uh, took, took another Metcalf. receiver. Now I have like yep. 17 freaking receivers on this roster. I got a, I got two running <laughs> <You> backs. <laughs> well done. I just took Jarek McKinnon, but I I, I feel I felt like because I auto drafted Josh Jacobs early, I have three starting. Running back now, I can take a couple chances here late on running back um, in the 11th round. I feel I feel okay if Jarek McKinnon, even if he doesn't pan out. Definitely like him better than Carlos Hyde. I just don't feel like Carlos Hyde is going to be meaningful over there in KC with uh, Damian Williams there. 
So, uh, yeah, some interesting things happening in this draft. This is definitely not what I – this is definitely not how I intended it for it to go. But let's talk about our, our uh, late-round picks because I got some late-round picks here. I know you probably have some as well. Do you have any late-round targets you want to talk about uh, other than the ones we already discussed? Yeah, so I know uh, – it's a flavor of the week now. I'm going to forget his name. Um, in L.A. that everyone's on because uh-huh. obviously Cooper I Cup? just uh, – no, no, I like Cooper Cup. Uh, okay. He's interesting. His, his, uh, Daryl Henderson. That's the kid that everyone's like. Oh, Daryl Henderson. Over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Nope. I, I assume I that like you'll Mal- take him. I still like, I still like uh, Malcolm Brown. Um, the kid who was in last oh. year. I, he ran well in place of him. Um, I don't see why he can't still win out the job, and be, and for no other reason, or for no bigger reason, than the fact that Henderson. I just saw on this, his ADP is up in like the seventies now. That's stupid. I'm yeah, not taking that. I'll take. I'll take a seventeenth round flyer on on Brown before I take a a seventh round flyer on uh, on Henderson when both could be you know relegated, useless if Gurley ends up being okay. So um, Brown's one of my guys late alluded to two others. I do like the idea of stacking Tyreek Hill and um, Nicole Hardman, especially in best ball. Um, huge upside there. And, you know, I know some people, I know you didn't do it on purpose, but some people are on Sammy Watkins as a guy who could step in and fill that. Um, if yeah. Sammy Watkins can stay healthy more than six games a year and not be battling a hamstring issue for the other six weeks that he's actually healthy, um, then sure, but I mean, I've yet to see that from that guy. So um, I like the other two on the play there. And then another uh, deep guy I like. I'm worried about saying it because you're about to go here. Uh, well, I won't. I won't take. I'm going to take somebody that you won't care about right now. Okay. Uh, I'm going to take Jerry uh, off. Ah, cool. Uh, Ito Smith is uh, another guy, and he's not uh, not exactly a sleeper. I think there's been enough talked about in terms of Edo Smith, uh, given, yep. you know, the, the role that Coleman had and that is now void in, uh, Atlanta, but I'm, I'm an Edo Smith guy. I liked him. I liked what I saw out of him last year. I think he's going to have a good opportunity. And at the end of the day, it's a good offense. So he doesn't have to be that good because running backs are a dime a dozen as long as they're in a good offense. <laughs> yeah, I, I can agree with all those things. And I, I have an actual pick coming up, but I can tell you that one of the guys I really like, um, as kind of a deep, you know, a deep take, and uh, and uh, oh, I see your pick coming up here. But I, I actually really like uh, Vance McDonald this year. I mean, and he's going his ADP is about ninety three. Uh, no Antonio Brown, no Jesse James. Had a relatively good season last year. You know, seventy two targets, fifty receptions, six hundred ten yards, four touchdowns. I think he can do uh, at least fifty percent better than that with all the opportunity took, he has coming up. And uh, and I'm going to. <laughs> wow. So I, I'm actually in between two guys right now, but I'm going to take the upside right now. Uh, and this is my other, the other pick that I really kind of like in terms of uh, a deep, uh, man, what the hell? Thank you. Draft. Deontay Foreman. I like Deontay Foreman this year. I took him in the 13th round now, just a second ago. And, um, you know, the reason why I like Deontay Foreman is, is just he has, he was promising to be the guy. I mean, he looked like he was going to step up. In 2017, he's definitely more explosive. Then he had that Achilles injury, basically sat him out all of 2018 and the end of 2017. He's just 23, uh, and really <clears throat> Lamar um, Miller has not done that much uh, to set himself apart. And Alfred Blue is, is is a free agent. Not that it matters because clearly 
he's not really that good. So I really wouldn't be surprised if, the, if Dante Foreman, and now they're saying he's coming back and he's stronger and slimmer and he has a chip on his shoulder and all this other stuff. I love the upside of Deontay Foreman in that kind of high-octane Texans offense. I think he can really be a 1A, maybe even be uh, the lead back in the backfield. So I love him as a late pick, and I took him in the 13th. Uh, and I believe his, uh, his average draft position is at 130. So that's about the time that I took him. Yeah, Anybody I don't, else? I don't. I don't hate Deontay Foreman. I just I, I've been kind of a Deontay Foreman uh, truther since he got there, okay. and okay. Uh, I kind of feel I kind of feel like I'm halfway up off the launch pad uh, with the astronauts who are bringing me up to prove to me that the world's round and that they prove to me <laughs> Deontay Foreman's not the guy. And so uh-huh. it's like getting harder and harder to to keep uh, to keep banging that drum. So yeah, um, it's tough. It's tough. I'm staying away from him right now. But I mean, in the 13th round, I don't hate the play. There are a couple other guys in this area that I like a little bit more. Um, yep. Namely, the two running backs that are top left here still. And I hate Peyton Barber, and I hate that situation there. But I or that that running back and how you can't you, that situation. I don't mean like the offense, but like the choose between him and um, Rojo, but um, right. reason to believe Arians is going to make the offense better. Someone's going to run the ball. And if it's, you know, Peyton Barber feels like he could be the guy. So that could be a guy who ends up a, a low end RB two that you're getting this late in the draft. So. Yeah, no, I, and I agree with all that. And I, I, I like the a potential upside there as well. And actually that's why I took Foreman because he was actually my fifth running back at that point. So I had a thought, I, I thought about going with Shady not because I like him, but because at this late, he's definitely got the starting position until he gets injured, of course. Um, and I kind of thought about that. But then as the fifth running back, and I thought about Barber too. Uh, I thought as a fifth running back, I want to go for upside. Barber has potential there. I think that the offense for the Texans is better. So I just feel like that there's a chance that he can uh, he can really step in and be the guy um, coming off the Achilles injury. But it's an Achilles injury, so you know who knows uh, how that would actually play out in the long run. So. Um, can definitely come back to burn me in the in the future. Um, all right, and so I got a couple other ones that I like. I like Jameson Crowder. Yeah, I like him really late. His average draft position is 175. He may not even get drafted, but he's the starting jet slot receiver. Um, he's actually had a number of relatively solid years, and he gets plenty of receptions. Great in the PPR. Um, he had, um, I mean, last year was was cut short due to some injury, but 66, 67, and 59 in the three years prior to that. Uh, I think he could do about that now, and, and Sam Darnold has a lot more weapons at his disposal. So uh, I like him really late um, at 175. And if you want to take a flyer at the end, and I know people hate it because he's just not exciting, but in the best ball, if you just need somebody that, that will will show up at times, Mohamed Sanu has 187 ADP. Uh, he's been top 30 in PPR for the last two years, believe it or not. Top 30 wide receiver in PPR in the last two years. Um, and that's because he's just kind of quiet. He's just kind of there. If there's an injury to uh, you know, one of the other guys, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, he really steps up big. If not, he tends to just put up solid lines and catch touchdowns here and again, and that's kind of the perfect easy guy to have in a scenario. Oh, drats. I can't believe it. I had Trey Burton all lined up for my 14th pick. And he's well, while you make this pick, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about another guy who's still on the board that I can't believe his ADP's fallen this hard, um, okay. especially given where – how close he's going to the other guy he's that's still on the board. Um, you know, and I, I watched a good amount of film on Deshaun Hamilton for pro football focus. I like Deshaun Hamilton a lot. 
it feels a little ridiculous to me how far Emmanuel Sanders has fallen. And I know, I know there's the injury concern, but I mean, he's got a 134 uh, ADP and we are right now in what we're going to like the 150th pick of this draft. And he's still sitting there. Like this is a guy. And you know, like, like we said, I mean, just for this, and I don't think this draft's done been done very well by uh, the people we're playing with, but at the 149th (laughs) pick, I just took LaShawn McCoy. So as you said, he'll get hurt. But I mean, he's a starting running back, and he's been a top ten guy the last several yep. years. Like, I, I don't, I don't want to draft totally Sean McCoy either. But I mean, yep. hell, the other running backs left on the board right now are Dion Lewis, Matt Breda, right. we all know how Jamal you feel about Williams. That. <laughs> like, I mean, just bag of crap after bag of crap, and people are going to keep yep. letting the Sean McCoy sit there. So, I mean, I'll take that. So, yeah, uh, hopefully yeah. he can supplement for Gurley while Gurley's out hurt, and then when Gurley gets back. Uh, then, uh, then McCoy can get a soft tissue injury. I'm gonna pull the trigger on <laughs> on, on Emmanuel Sanders and take another freaking receiver. Yeah, I gotta get another. I was just gonna say you you're doing almost exactly. You're almost having the same draft I had in our draft for the other guys. The actual long, slow draft because I actually took both those guys, Sean McCoy and Emmanuel Sanders, probably around this these rounds. Uh, as a yeah, I mean, it's fact. hard to not, it's hard to not take those guys with the value I'm getting on them right now. And like I said, you know, I, I and I think that's I think as I've delved more into the fantasy world, doing a lot more writing in the fantasy world, working on a lot more shows and stuff. Um, when we first started this show, I wanted to talk mainly football because fantasy was not my forte. Um, right. I playing fantasy and I know enough about football to play fantasy, but I never studied it that much. And it's, you know, I used to, my biggest fault was going to a draft with a strategy and be like, well, do or die. I'm living by this strategy. And the, I think the most important strategy to have is, is, is to be fluid. And yep. so, like I said, I like to really have, a bunch of quarterbacks and a bunch of uh, tight ends or three in each position just to kind of build out a fuller team like that. And in this draft right now, I have one quarterback, four running backs, nine wide receivers, and one tight end. But I look at my (laughs) receivers and I have Mike Evans, Robert Woods, Marvin Jones, DJ Moore, uh, Tyler Boyd, Paris Campbell, Dante Pettis, DK Metcalf, Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, I got some volume guys in there. I got some home run hitters in there. I mean, my wide receiver position is going to produce all season long. And then, and then at running back, yeah, I took some late guys, but I I got, I got less than those guys, but I got Kamara, Gurley, McCoy, and Smith. So, you know, I look at it and say, like, I think we said early in this draft that I don't think that these kids, I think these kids are uh, just starting to start their uh, fantasy season (laughs) and get into some of the draft work because the way this draft is going, it's unlike any mock and and unlike any good best ball draft I've been a part of to this point. So they're leaving a ton of value all over the place. So if they're going to do that, then, I mean, I don't know, you got to take it. Yeah. We maybe should have entered even a bigger stakes, uh, (laughs) bigger stakes, best ball league. That's fair to point out. It is a, is it a dollar? It is a dollar tournament. So that's probably (laughs) getting a lot of beginners too. So So people aren't really spending Yeah, They're probably not doing a lot of research like we are on this. And I will point out that you have nine wide receivers. As you mentioned, the next closest team has seven. There's two of those. And then the rest are six and five. So, um, and one guy has only four receivers, which I think is um, crazy at this point of the draft. That's just nuts. I mean, he has four. three, Do you have three quarterbacks. Sorry? Do you have his roster in front of you? Who are the four receivers he has? He has Julio Jones, Adam Thielen, and Mike Williams. Ooh. Oh, and he and he looks like he just took Curtis – and he has Curtis Samuel. I guess he – I don't know when he took Curtis Samuel. Oh, if you're only going to have four, you're going to have better talent. Than, I mean, I obviously love the first two. What, what was – it was – did you say Thielen he had too? Yeah, Thielen, yeah. Julio Jones – Adam Thielen and Mike Williams were his starters. 
So you mentioned Jeff earlier, um, and I also work on the, the NFL Talking Heads podcast. We were talking about this the other day, and I didn't realize it. Um, the the most concerning thing about Adam Thielen, because we all know about his midseason complete flip uh, yep. in his production towards the end of the season. Worse than that, he was he he had a twenty five percent target share before they fired their offensive coordinator and switched uh-huh. it halfway through the season. His target share dropped down to fifteen percent after that. So if that's your number wow. two in best ball, that's scary. And I like Thielen, and I would take Thielen, but I, you know, I, I'm in my zero wide receiver or my zero running back drafts that I've done so far. The whole goal has been to get a guy like Thielen as my number two. Like I don't want to depend on him like a number one because there is there's a huge question mark around him right now. So you yep. tell me that guy in best ball's only got four, and like his second best is Thielen, and then it was Samuel and and Mike Williams. Yuck. Yeah, that's pretty terrible. <laughs> it's not. And I think he would do better with uh, with the rest of his picks if he's going to go high end. But his uh, two starting running backs, uh, let's see here, who has he got as a starting running back? He has uh, James Conner and Derrick Henry. And his starting oh. quarterback is Matt Ryan. It just doesn't – that none of that can be oh. computed. <laughs> I, I mean, I really we had to go, go back and look at the who went after the picks he made because uh, he must have left some – he must have been leaping some names there to do that. Yeah, That's terrible. I, I don't know how – that could have happened, honestly. Uh, that that's just that's just again, as I said, cuckoo, crazy pants. Uh, none of that makes sense to me at all. You're up. So, I'm, oh my God. So here we go. I'm going to take a little Jimmy 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 G oh, action you here. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Sorry. I kind of thought you were, gonna... you were waiting to get him, and you're right behind me on this side of the draft. So, you know. I was. I, I had... That was that was about. I was about to go him and Fant on the on the turn there, but. Um... Not, yeah, not you screwed me. <laughs> Sorry, well, I take a little Sam Darnold action yeah. here. I figured that you would take uh, Dwayne Haskins late because uh, the fact that I know you took him in the last round of our uh, last draft, ah, and I, I think that was. Did I take him with like the Mister Irrelevant pick? And I think I did, you that did. just to. You did. Yeah, and he was he was my third quarterback, and I wanted to get under Wally's skin, which is easy to do because I whooped his ass in the in the suit in our our fantasy league championship last year, or the not ours but the Urban Sports scene one. So yeah, um, you know. Yep. He invited me into his house, and I uh, I ate all his bread and put my feet up on the coffee table and <laughs> took his Xbox and said, that's mine now, baby. So, You're right. You know, uh, so it's not that's easy. A, you know, now, now I just got to just gotta, you know, wink at him, and he, he gets uh, he gets horrible flashbacks. So, yeah, I, um, he, tends to, he tends to flinch a little bit every time you, you look his way. I, I can feel that through the, uh, through the podcast. <laughs> it's rough. Yeah, it's rough. Through the email. It's, it's a tough scene Twitter. for him, but um, – <laughs> But yeah, I mean that was that was the main reason I took Dwayne Haskins. It was a it was a late round flyer. I mean he's going to start that offense. is going to score some points and is my third quarterback. Um, oh, brilliant! I love it. I actually yeah. really like that. I like that pick a lot. Honestly, I'm a big I'm a big fan of that. Um, all right, so we're getting down to the last round here, guys. Uh, we are actually in the about to enter the 18th round. So that's the last round, I believe. I, I believe that's the last round. <laughs> and this this actually kind of flew by. It was a lot faster than I. Than it was last year. We did one of these last year, and I kind of felt like it took much longer for us to get to the end. I feel like we had got to the end of the podcast before we actually finished drafting. Uh, we're actually going to get to the end of the draft here. So, who do you have lined up for your? Wait, am I before you? I guess I might be before you. You are, but yeah. Jameson Crowder's still sitting there, so I feel like that's who you got your eye on. But yeah, I, I do have said. my eye on him. Yeah, um, I, I, I do have my eye on him. I mean, again, I, I went with a kind of a fluid situation here. Like I said, I. I came in saying, you know, I, I typically like to keep my, 
running backs and, and wide receivers to, you know, about six each, maybe a seven, yep. five split. Um, and I like to hit three quarterbacks and three tight ends and just kind of have a nice round, even safe lineup. Uh, yep. And right now, as highlighted, mm-hmm. I have nine wide receivers, four running backs, two quarterbacks, and two tight ends with one pick left. So I will be thin at either tight end or quarterback. And I have two <laughs> two young guys when it comes to tight end in Njoku and um, Noah Fant, the rookie. So I am a big Noah Fant guy. So I do have I, I do that. have I do have Sam Darnold and Pat Mahomes at quarterback. Quarterbacks are protected in the league. So my right. feeling is my feeling is I'm going to go tight end here, but there doesn't appear to be anybody I really want. Hmm, and I don't really want any of the running backs left. I'm not going a- ASJ because he just got released today. Yeah, so that, that would so be a bad move. <laughs> I mean, maybe take a flyer on Irv Smith and hope that they do pull the trigger and trade so, Kyle Rudolph. So what about – who's the other – who's the tight end in New England now? Uh, well, it looks like Ben Watson's the number one. Uh, but wow. he'll be gone for the first month. So the guy that I think is interesting to watch in New England is um, they picked up a – I don't know if he was practice or – I think he'd been on the roster a couple of times, but there's a, a fourth-year tight end who's more of a H-back. He's not an inline blocking tight end. He's much more of like a receiver. kind of like a, a poor man, Aaron Hernandez. His name's uh-huh. Steven Anderson. He was on the Texans. The Patriots picked him up in about – I think it was right before the playoffs last year. Um, okay. And they didn't uh, – there was too late to get him in. There was no way they were going to try to incorporate him into that offense right before a playoff run. But they did put him on the practice squad and hold him through the whole offseason and have now retained his rights, and he's on the, on, oh. on the team still. So I feel like they like him a lot, and that's an option. And then they have a guy named Matt Lacoste who sucks, so don't pay attention. But if you're looking for a real deep sleeper – potential guy who could who could give you something um then i then i like uh uh how did i say um steven anderson there we go that's who and then i think ben watson ben watson getting suspended is not a big deal and 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 i'll tell you why i think that the steven anderson i mean the the ben watson thing is actually really beneficial because he admitted he did steroids to reboost his body because he had retired and he wasn't going to play. And now he's back. So he's going to serve a four game suspension. Well, steroids stay in your system for like 12 months. So now, now they get a, now they get a roided up Ben Watson back who maybe now he finds some second legs. So, right. We <laughs> talked about this guy just to be a man of the people with my with the second, almost Mr. Irrelevant. I'm going to take Malcolm Brown here just so I can stay nice. consistent. I'm a deep brown sleeper. Practice yeah, and like preach it. if you will. Yeah, so that's, that's why I said game three crowded. tight ends and three quarterbacks. I did neither and went two and both. So, <laughs> so this will be interesting to see how it goes. And 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 we will post up uh, the results of this particular draft uh, with the podcast. So when we get when we get there, we'll go ahead and we'll go ahead and uh, and post up our our draft picks so everyone can check it out and uh, criticize us if they will. And uh, hopefully we help some people out this week. I hope that uh, that was fun for everybody. I mean, we had to kind of multitask there a little bit in order to get all that up. But I think it kind of pushed us to talk about some pe- people and some situations that we might not have talked about before. So let's blow the air horn. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. All right. What's up? I just got to point out, Mr. Derrick yeah. Henry, he picked Derrick Henry in front of Aaron Jones, Carrie Johnson, Josh Ooh. Jacobs, who you auto-picked. I mean, those are three yeah. guys right there that I would I would consider more of a sure thing than Derrick Henry. 
And I would yep. even consider Leonard Fournette, who yeah, went yeah, four picks after him. Wow. Especially with Keenan Allen on the board. I mean, you could have gone Keenan Allen and Adam Thielen, and he had, like we said, early on James Conner and Julio Jones. Like He could have done that, and then he could have waited a couple more rounds and got more of a scat back. I mean, who went around the next time he picked? He took Philip Lindsay with his next pick, who I don't love. Um, he just missed. And the running backs did thin out deep there. Well, yeah. so I, yeah. either way, I honestly would have gone Keenan Allen over Adam Thielen, and I would have taken yep. one of those other three backs I just mentioned. I, that, that just feels like a complete reach for Derrick Henry. Yeah, I agree. And and the fact that he actually – then he went – he followed that up with uh, Philip Lindsay. I'm not – I mean, I like Philip Lindsay, but he's coming off an injury. I just don't necessarily trust him. And, and, and the whispers are – and I haven't seen anything yet, like definitive, but there's a lot of whispers that people still believe that Royce Freeman could win out that job in camp. That, that, I know. That, the, yep. that the, the, the decision makers in Denver view more of last year as like a, a cute little story that was a nice little upset, but they don't believe in Philip Lindsay long-term. And they drafted, yep. they, they invested draft capital in Royce Freeman and they want Royce Freeman to be the guy. So yep. that's a, that's a risky pick too. You're right. Yeah. I mean, he might end up in the committee and then it's really not worth that uh, 45 ADP, which is not, not great. Lamar Miller, 66 ADP, also not great. Then he went to Rashad Penny. I, I just not, I'm not, I'm not a Jesus. fan of that at all. <laughs> at no, all. That's, that's, that's a terrible draft. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in fact, his Peyton Barber late was probably the best thing he did <laughs> in running back, um, you know, other than James Conner, who probably will have to take the load on in Pittsburgh. Okay, well, we made it to the end here. I will, uh, let's just turn it right over here, and we'll, we'll, when we post this up, we'll post up our draft results. Feel free to chime in. Uh, so, Ryan, give us your social media so people can, can, uh, can follow you and also uh, give you some grief about this particular draft. Yeah, I mean, there's no grief to give. Again, if Todd Gurley's <laughs> healthy, I walked away with Alvin Kamara, Todd Gurley, Mike Evans, and Patrick Mahomes. Um, I will take that ten dollars now. I, I assume it's a ten dollar payout. So you know, <laughs> I don't uh, bet all one place. <laughs> that's a hell of a draft there for me. Uh, what a what a night. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Ryan Whitfield. N e. Uh, I tend to not fight with people as much anymore. But, uh, what? You know, oh, yeah. <laughs> Half the time, and when I do, it's usually more on Instagram, and then I go back and delete the comment later because I don't want that reflected on me. So, I do. Oh wow! Look at, this, look at this, Mr. Responsible. When? Did, what the heck? When did you grow up? This doesn't make any sense. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's just you know when you're when you're trying to actually get into it for real, you know, for the career for real. At some point, until until you're actually somebody, you got to pay your dues and not make enemies. So I gotta I gotta go, let it off. So Mike Silver, if you're listening, if you could please unblock me. No, I'm just kidding. He sucks. <laughs> After you posted up an article specifically talking about <laughs> Mike Silver in a not the most positive light, which by the way no longer exists, everybody. So <laughs> does not. But he blocked me for no reason. I called him a blowhard. I didn't even swear at him. That's the most offensive thing about the whole thing. Yes. That's why I don't like yes. him because that was the most he, sensitive bull crap I've ever seen in my life. I didn't even call him a name. I called him a blowhard. Yes. Like get right, right. That's, uh, he needs to grow a thicker skin. All right, you can follow me at FB Garbage Time. Check out our article on Best Ball. It is awesome. Check out all the guys who are actually involved in that article. They have fantastic sites and podcasts. Check out Ryan and all his work. He's all over the place now, so definitely check out what he's got going on on Twitter. And, uh, hey, we'll see you real soon. We'll try to be more uh, more uh, regular with our show here. We've just uh, been a little off, off the rails because of the summer, but we're, uh, we're going to get back to it, I think. So uh, until next time, thanks for wasting time with us. And, uh, you know, enjoy your NFL week and uh, go Bruins. 
Yeah, I'm ready for a wedding season to be over so we can just schedule a podcast and sit around and do it all weekend. Ha, 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 ha.